Hello, members of the Resilient Catholics community. This is Dr. Peter coming to you in week 16 of the RCC. This is our weekly interconnections talk. It is good to be with you. We are together. We are seeking interior integration. We are seeking recollection together, and we are going to take steps forward today. We are talking all about parts language and how to do a parts session the basics of a part session. Now in week 16, we are in the second third of our first year. We've made it through the first third. Now we are beginning the second third. We're getting ready to do deeper work. We're getting ready to do that deeper work with our parts in a more focused way. We're just starting to discuss how to set up what Bonnie Weiss and Jay Early call parts sessions. Now parts sessions are different from your check-ins. The check-ins are just that brief connections with parts. But what if you wanted to do more extended work with your parts? What if you actually wanted to really engage in a session of doing deeper work with a target part? Some of you have already been doing that. I've heard from a number of you that your check-ins have expanded into doing more extensive work with your parts. They've lengthened into real sessions with beautiful and deep work being done. And that's really inspiring. Today, we're starting, we're just starting to bring the elements together to do effective parts sessions on our own. Our reading for today was all of chapter 10, Session Basics, that was pages 61 to 65, and also chapter 19, which was all about ending a session, that was on page 121. So let's get down to it. What is a parts session? What is a parts session? Well, a parts session is a specific and dedicated period of time, usually at least 10 minutes, it could last up to about 90 minutes, when you focus on connecting with and developing a relationship in a deliberate way with a target part. So we're focusing on connecting with, developing a relationship with a target part in a really specific and individual way. You can think of it as an extended check-in that goes much further with a single target part. We're really getting to know a part when we do a parts session. So we find the target part, we connect with that part, we learn about it, we hear that target part's story, and we really begin to understand that target part's point of view, its experiences in much greater depth. Really, it's about listening to and taking in that part's story first, building trust with that part, and then eventually helping that part to be released from its burdens. Now, there's a lot of freedom in part sessions to work in a way that's helpful to your system, that's helpful to your parts. There's not a single right way to do this. You can use a parts journal. We talked about that last week in week 15. You can use the experiential exercises. You can pause those experiential exercises at different points to allow for more work with your parts. Those experiential exercises are up on our resource sheets that get posted every week. And you can do parts mapping. We talked about that at length in week eight. So the basic steps for a part session, first of all, to set aside the time, make sure you've got a quiet space, unlikely to be interrupted, it's often helpful to set a um, to set a timer, you know, so that the time is uh, limited. And then often you check in with a part, maybe from your last check-in or from your last part session, 
start to ask questions, to reconnect and renew the relationship between yourself and that target part. And you'll also work with any parts that come up that happen to blend or that happen to be polarized with your target part. We're going to talk a lot about that in the next couple of sessions. So one of the things that commonly happens, I want you to be aware of and prepared for, are triggered parts. Parts can be activated, they can be up, they can blend before or during a parts session. It's really common for a part to be triggered and to rise up and to try to take over your seat of consciousness yourself without you even being consciously aware of it. Well, how do you know if a part has taken over and blended with you? We covered this at some length in week six, but we're going to review it briefly here. If a part is taken over, if it's blended with you, if it's up, that part's beliefs, assumptions, feelings, that part's story, that part's agenda seem to be the only beliefs, assumptions, feelings, story, and agenda in the world. There's no room for any alternative viewpoints or opinions within you. It's all what that part feels to be true. That part feels like it is all of you. There's no space to observe the part or to witness the part, the part is fused with you rather than being separate but near. A part is blended with the self when you are flooded with the feelings of that part in such a way that you don't feel grounded anymore. And that leads to a loss of curiosity about other parts, the lack of a desire to connect with other parts, the loss of a sense of being calm, the loss of compassion for other parts. Also, one starts to experience much more critical or negative evaluations about parts. Other parts are judged. Other parts are, are even condemned, criticized. So there's a loss of that openness, that curiosity, that genuine interest in parts. Again, a lot more about this and about blending in week six, if you want to go back and review that. So when we are starting to do a part session, a lot of different ways to do it a quiet place, shut down the electronics, shut down the alerts, you know, on your phone and so forth. Really try to create a space where you're less likely to be interrupted and you just begin to reach out to parts. You can use the experiential exercises, you can use your parts journal. It's really important to experiment to see what works for you. It's also helpful to talk about it with your companion and with other members in your company and on our boards in our Resilient Catholics Community Mighty Network. Okay, so that's a start about parts sessions. I want to talk about parts language now. Speaking a language that accommodates and includes parts. And a major component of speaking in parts language is to speak for a part rather than from a part. And in our text, Bonnie Weiss refers to speaking from a part as speaking as a part. And those are kind of equivalent, speaking from a part, speaking as a part. Speaking for a part rather than speaking from a part. That's a central feature of using parts language. And what is parts language? Just, what is the definition of that? Well, the way I see it, parts language is bringing the reality of our parts experience 
into our speech, into our communications. That's our communications within ourselves, but also our communications with others. It's acknowledging that we have different parts with very different beliefs, assumptions, emotions, attitudes, desires, impulses, and so on, very different internal experiences, and then bringing those different parts into our communications within ourselves and with other people. So I'll give you an example of speaking in parts language, speaking for a part rather than speaking from a part, right? So let's use an example of spouses communicating where the wife says to the husband, a part of me is really disappointed and frustrated that you are late to our supper date. Right. So you see the emphasis on the parts language? The, the wife was speaking for a part. The, wife, the wife's self was sharing her disappointed part's experience, her disappointed part's feelings with her husband by saying, a part of me is really disappointed. Let's contrast that with speaking from a part. What does speaking from a part sound like? Well, in speaking from a part, the wife would say to the husband, I'm disappointed with you and frustrated with you that you're so late for our supper date. If she says it that way, she's likely to be blended with her disappointed and frustrated part. They notice there's no nuance, there's no qualification. It sounds like the wife's entire being is frustrated and disappointed with her husband. Every fiber of her is frustrated and, 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 and disappointed with her husband. And she says, I am disappointed and frustrated with you. And can you see how much more threatening that might be for her husband's parts, especially if he already came in already kind of uh, worried about vulnerability, already kind of edgy because he knows that his wife has parts that don't like it when he's late, can be uh, the beginning of a polarization between the husband's parts and the wife's parts. Now, there's an excellent table on page 63 of our self-therapy workbook by Bonnie Weiss where she gives examples of speaking from a part and speaking for a part in the exact same situation. Right? So here is a worried part. She uses this one as the first one. And if you're speaking from that part, you might say, what the heck happened to you? I was worried sick that you had a car accident. Right? As opposed to speaking for that part. When you didn't show up, a part of me was really worried that something happened to you. So you can kind of see there's a big difference. There's a big difference between the way that those two communications come across. So when somebody speaks from an angry part, it could sound like this, right? You are so selfish. Didn't you know I was waiting for you? You don't think of anyone but yourself. Get it together. You can't even show up for your friends. Versus speaking for that part. You know, a part of me was so angry at you when you didn't show up. So there are these examples. I encourage you to check them out on page 63 and really consider the difference between speaking from a part and speaking for a part. Now, what are the advantages of speaking for a part rather than from a part? Well, the first one is that parts language allows us to share with other people 
and within ourselves in a much more multifaceted and accurate way. There's a much more nuanced picture of our competing emotions and desires and thoughts all occurring at the same time, right? All occurring in different parts in the same moment. And speaking in parts language allows us to have a bit of space, a bit of distance in our experience. We have the capacity when we are in self, when we're recollected, to observe ourselves, to observe our parts. And parts language opens the door to curiosity about our reactions. Parts language allows us to discuss our reactions from a more detached position. That doesn't mean a disengaged position, but from a more detached position where we're not taken over by the impulses or desires or emotions. So it feels much less judgmental. It feels much less blaming, both internally and externally. The other thing is that parts language can reduce the emotional temperature of the intensity of the relationship. It can reduce tension in relationships with others. It can reduce the potential for conflict. And parts language emphasizes that other parts of you feel differently than the one prominent part who is disappointed or angry or sad or whatever the emotion happens to be. The other thing is that parts language helps us to own and express our own experience. So I can say a part of me wants to lash out at my boss. It's not all of me. It's just part of me. Part of me wishes I never took this job, right? As opposed to, I hate my job. I hate my boss. It also can help us in marriages and in other more intimate relationships. Part of me feels that my spouse doesn't love me. You know, not all of me, but just a part of me. And that part happens to be really prominent right now. Instead of accusing my spouse saying, you don't love me. You can see the difference between speaking for a part and speaking from a part. The other thing is that parts language helps us to accept other people's experiences as well. It helps us so much to know that when somebody else brings us something that's difficult or that's negative or it's critical, that it's not all of that person. So that's what I wanted to share with you about this today. I'm going to invite you to have a discussion about this interconnections talk and to leave um, a good amount of time for the experiential exercise, which is coming up. That'll be about 12 minutes and then to share the experiences afterwards. So I'll see you on the other side.